Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beers, a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. You know, Vince, we've been going abroad quite a bit lately. Yeah, so why not stay home, but have a taste of abroad? Yeah, we're going to stay within the U.S., but go somewhere we've never been before. Where? Well, uh, metaphorically speaking, we're going to Mother Russia. Mother Russia. Yeah, we're trying out a beer we've never tried today. Uh, It's a Russian imperial stout. That's called Old Rasputin. And boy, oh boy, do we've got some <laughs> Rasputin stats for you. There may there may not even be time for a pop culture reference. There is a lot of Rasputin to get through. Right, but where is this beer from actually, Vince? So this beer, Old Rasputin, Russian Imperial Stout, comes from the folks over at North Coast Brewing. In Fort Bragg, California. Nice. A couple notable things about them. They are independent, have been that way since 1988 when they opened as a local brew pub. They have a couple of beers that you might be familiar with. I think their biggest one to start was Red Seal Ale, but Scrimshaw Pilsner and Brother Thelonious Abbey Ale may be others that you're familiar with. They distribute to 48 states, Europe, and the Pacific Rim. So there is an excellent chance that you will be able to find not only this, but many of their other offerings yeah, on tap. That's amazing. Good job by them. Tom, tell me a little bit about Old Rasputin. The beer, not the man. Oh, oh you're chomping at the I bit know. to talk okay. about him. This is a Russian imperial stout. We've done some imperial stouts in the past. Yeah. Notably Larry's last. Imperial means basically it's going to be super strong. Right. And this is. This is a 9% beer. It's it's a heavy one. Um, and the description itself, produced in the tradition of the 18th century English brewers who supplied the court of Russia's Catherine the Great, Old Rasputin seems to develop a cult following wherever it goes. It's rich, intense, with big, complex flavors and a warming finish. And as it says, going to be very heavy. Fell apart at the end there. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. Old Rasputin brand image. It's basically a drawing of the guy himself, Rasputin. A phrase in Russia. (laughs) A phrase in Russia. Encircling it. And I believe the phrase is, a sincere friend is not born instantly. Yeah. Quick little ditty about Russian Imperial Stouts before we try them. The... Russian Imperial Stout has, like like most beers, it's got kind of a mythical um, origin story. And there's not a lot of agreement to it. So there's one that says Peter the Great in 1698 visited, to, visited England and he fell in love with stout beers. He loved that the stout name described not only its strength, described only its strength, not its color. That is disputed and often overlooked. The big one is that in the early 18th century, English kind of struck what we'll call brewing gold in experimenting with some of these darker ale styles. We've had them with Boddington's. Yeah. Guinness would probably be another example of an older one there. 
Porter first appearing in 1721, then the Stout, Stout Porter not too long after that. And Anchor Brewery of London, who if we're ever in London, we will be going there, uh, shipped the first strong ales over to the Balkan states um, and the Imperial Court in Russia. And the first shipment of strong Porter to Russia, it said it didn't survive the voyage. But their second attempt, sporting a much higher alcohol and bitterness, found great success and became popular very quickly in European Russia, particularly with the court Empress Catherine the Great. And she just started importing this stuff like crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Today, most of them are produced in the United States. Again, imperial, meaning double, stronger version. And... The general definition accounts for a dark, higher alcohol, 7 to 12, kind of a hoppier stout, flavors of dark chocolate, fruit esters, coffee, dark fruits, and a little chewy, velvety, luscious mouthfeel. Many within the style can come off as hot or overly boozy within six months of packaging. That's interesting. So most brewers recommend cellaring for at least that long to make for a mellower tasting. So let's find out. Yeah, when was this uh, bottled? Oh, I gotta imagine. Even at the bottle date, it has to have been set in that cask for six months. I don't even see. I don't even see a date on. It's not going to be on here. It's going to be on the actual packaging holder. Yeah, I'll find it real quick. Yeah. In the meantime, let's crack. Yeah, let's crack this open. Bottles. I cannot wait to try this, but more importantly, I cannot wait to talk about Rasputin because oh, I can't wait to hear you. What an interesting guy. Cheers, Cheers, Vince. Hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is intense. That is very intense. So as Vince is looking up when this was bottled, the the legend of Rasputin is quite interesting. So he was a Russian man who was born in the late 1880s. He basically grew up to become a religious uh, figure of sorts in the Russian Orthodox Church. He's, he's known as Russian's Russia's Mad Monk. And around the early 1900s, he'd become a really captivating figure in this community. Vince, did you figure out when this was uh, bottled, by the way? Nope. We can't tell, but based off of the taste, I would say it has definitely sat for six months. Yeah, it is it is hot. <laughs> well, it's cold physically, but the taste is very intense. But I, what I want to do here, and the reason I brought this over, so what I've done is I've brought the packaging over, and I want to throw... A little bit of extra stuff here. They throw some interesting stuff about Rasputin on here. It's been speculated that no one had a greater appreciation for this rich roasty elixir than Rasputin, the mystic wag and favorite of the ladies of the court, who was, spoiler, the ultimate downfall of Tsar Nicholas. Fast forward to around 1904, he befriends uh, Emperor Nicholas and Empress Alexandra, who were the leaders of the great russian nation and like how how do you befriend a czar like a, an emperor you just walk and be like whoa it's not like they were in the grocery store i think store, it's right? because, because this guy was basically the joel olstein of russia in the early 1900s he had this following he wasn't really doing uh things in the traditional russian orthodox way but he he was he was captivating people people thought that he had you know mystical powers at that point. And what really sold um, the emperor and empress on him was 
he supposedly healed their son from hemophilia. He told these doctors to disappear, and all of a sudden, their son, who was about to die, was cured. And at that point, he was very tight with these two leaders of Russia. Yeah, I could see that. And so this went on for about 10 years, and then eventually um, Nicholas went left St. Petersburg to oversee the Russian army in World War One. And Rasputin was the guy who basically stepped up to the plate with his wife. His he was married. Oh well, no, no. Well, he was married. Rasputin was married, but um, <laughs> he was hanging out with the queen, the empress of Russia. Were they intimate? Well, that's that's what people seem to think because he was considered a legendary lover as well, in addition to a religious this icon. This is insane. Well. Guess who didn't really care for his presence? Most of Russia. They turned <laughs> they turned on Rasputin very quickly. The combination of him and Alexandra running the show, in addition to the Russian mounting deaths, they wanted this guy dead. And somebody finally um, did the job. But it was, uh, it was kind of a controversial hit job. They first tried to poison him. And he drank a cup full of poison, was unaffected by the poisonous wine. So then they had to, they had to do a little more extreme method of death. They drowned him to death, which apparently took a long time. And his remains were discovered um, with basically, you know, he looked like he was dead. But because he was such a controversial figure, somebody decided to cut his penis off <laughs> of his okay. body. <laughs> okay. And so basically he was he was murdered in 1916 and then, you know, this legend about him grew like bigger than Chuck Norris in yeah. this country. Yeah. And he's inspired dozens of movies about Rasputin. There's been a lot of different things talking about, you know, his supposed healing powers or mystical qualities. And it even inspired someone to uh, purchase his penis on display. His alleged, his alleged Allegedly. Member. It apparently resides in the Museum of Erotica in St. Petersburg. Uh, it's probably not his penis, but, you know, true believers will believe what they want. And I would say this probably peaked in a disco song by someone named Boney M. Come on. <laughs> Which is a great name. And also was a recent TikTok fad. So the bottom line is, this guy Rasputin, he lived one hell of a life and made a lot out of whatever he was doing. Yeah, I mean, good for him. And we were talking about one hell of a life. This is one hell of a beer. I didn't get a chance to really take a look, but it it, it smells great. It smells stouty. Yeah. And quite frankly, for having 9%, this goes down easy. I'm not having as easy a time with it because there's just so much to unpack, much like the life of Rasputin. This is a beer that's going to put your palate to the test. It is, it's a overwhelming sensation drinking this beer. It's pretty fantastic, in, yeah. In my opinion, um, I agree. I agree, but I'm enjoying it quite a bit. What I would liken it to is just to take us off of. Rasputin for a second yeah. because we are going to unfortunately have to go back to the member <laughs> at some point. For me, this came in with expectations of being very heavy and 
also expectations of being very good. And it's lived up to those. I would liken this beer right here and drinking it, the entire experience of it, to being at a metal concert. Have you been to a metal concert? Accidentally. <laughs> I did not stay long. Yeah, which band? I don't I don't know. It was at a it was a festival. Okay. Scenario. I walked in, people were moshing. It was it was a lot. So did you participate in the mosh pit? No, no, I watched the mosh pit yeah. and I said, Wow, there's like a cool energy here. I get it, but I don't I don't want to die, so I'm not gonna be I don't want to be a part and of I, it. That's yeah. that's what that's what this feels like a little bit. Is like Sure. It feels like by drinking this I'm participating but i'm not in the mosh pit that's interesting uh i have been in mosh pits so <laughs> yeah do you feel like you're <laughs> in one drinking this yeah well as i as i am getting older i find it less appealing but occasionally i like to be in the fracas every once in a while and i'm also like i'm big enough to figure out like yeah. how to be within a mosh pit but there's some people that get in there i'm like i don't know what you're doing like some of these like women they're just like petite and they just they what they really want to do is they want to get lifted up so they can be like crowd surfed to the security people. Right. But there's other people that just throw their bodies around like it's nobody's business. Um, I actually was thinking of something different that's related to to movies. This is kind of reminding me of watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. Okay. In the sense that, you know, Quentin Tarantino is a film literate genius like he knows everything about movies he's a film historian and his movies are packed with these like very specific and dense references to films that the common person has never even heard of right like even you know even as recently as once upon a time in hollywood he's talking about shit from the 60s and 50s that most people don't remember right so when you watch a movie like that and you, when you watch a quentin tarantino movie period if you have that knowledge and appreciation, it's like catnip. Like every single reference is like, oh my God, this guy's a genius. He's doing something that no other person in this space is doing. But you can also come at it from a completely uneducated perspective and be like, oh, this seems pretty good. That's kind of how I'm feeling about this beer right now. Like I don't, Interesting. I don't know the history of Russian Imperial Stouts. You just spelled that out for us very delicately but even if i knew nothing about this before i would be like this is a pretty good beer for the record if you don't know what quentin tarantino looks like highly recommend looking it up because it's not it doesn't <laughs> he doesn't look anything like what you think he looks like peter gregory can you believe that he doesn't dated he? uma thurman no yeah. i like the second i saw him i'm like what you and his voice is weird too it's it, Peter Gregory is the best from Silicon Valley. That's the guy. Yeah. R.I.P. Like that's they should have just had Quentin right. Tarantino play him. All right, so yeah, I I can dig that. I understand. Should we try this out of the glass? It. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh wow, that's so chocolatey. Oh, you're pouring the whole thing in there. I guess I'm. Yeah, why not? Too. Why not? That's a darkness right there. We've been doing a lot of movies, so I tried to stray away from movies a we, little bit. There, we can stray away which from is, movies, which is what I was. And I got in over my head very quickly because I've literally been to like a quarter of a yeah 
a set for a, a metal. But I, that's just the feeling I got is it, this still, and maybe it's just because it's beer and it's stout and I've had a bunch of them. So I feel safe enough with it. Like yeah. if I hadn't been drinking stouts, maybe I'd be like, oh my God, this is like, I've had some 12, 14% stouts. So yeah. this compared is like, I'm participating. I'm participating, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to the doctor yeah. after, right? From a movie perspective, I really enjoy the Tarantino reference. I would also love to give a shout out to all of the Mike Flanagan horror pieces on Netflix. I will specifically go with The Haunting of Hill House. There's so much in there that is just like hidden and you have to have it pointed out to you to be able to realize that it's there yeah and it's usually like these ghosts that are showing up which is like way fun very cool and it's just a level of attention to detail that you can enjoy hill house if you're a fan of horror like you said and you don't know about that but then once you know about it it's even it just continues to be enjoyable and that feels similar to your Tarantino take, but also to this beer right here. You're drinking it. You can enjoy it on levels. Enjoy it knowing nothing about it, having your first stout, and say, wow, okay, this is pretty good right here. Or you could know a lot about stouts, and you can understand the individual layers of taste that you're tasting and still really enjoy it. It's it's the perfect kind of beer for both beginners and advanced the one thing i would add to that is that this is you don't want to have too many of these because this is intense and highly alcoholic so yeah you got to be careful i mean if you're if you're a seasoned pro and you drink a lot of stouts that are high abv you know maybe you can be a little more pushing that envelope but i almost think that this is like enough of a story within one where you can just be like okay i'm gonna have this one and I'm going to let that be for the night. Well, so that's what's interesting is I really like when stouts are packaged in little six to eight ounce cans. You don't need a lot of these big 12 to 14 ounces, these pours. Like even some of them are in 16 ounces. That's a lot. We're drinking 12 ounces now, which I think is going to be plenty, plenty for us. But you could have two, maybe three of the little six to eight ounce what do you call? You call them bombers? I don't think so. Little guys. Little guys. <laughs> let's let's go back to talking about Rasputin's dick. <laughs> Amazing segue. Yeah. So Vince, what I what I'm trying to figure out is, do you think Rasputin was actually a prolific lover, or has this just been something that grew over time as like a mythical legend? And now it's just part of his story. Because if you look at photos of this dude, like, I mean, he's kind of mysterious, but I'm not thinking like, oh, this is a guy that women would have wanted to really sleep with. He looks like a, yeah, he looks like a Greek, <laughs> Greek Orthodox, Orthodox priest without the hat. He's probably the he's most, o- he's probably the most appropriately named human on the planet. Like he looks like a Rasputin. What do you think Rasputin sounded like? Oh God, I can't do a Russian accent, so I don't want to. All right, give me it, an Americanized. I just want the tone. He probably sounded like uh, Brad Garrett, but with like a little really. Yeah. Hey, this is Brad. This is Rasputin, and he probably had a bellowing scream. He, he yeah. was like, 
It is I, Rasputin. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's something weird, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's like that's no a little, like, Swedish. A no, bit. basically, what I'm saying, it's the guy from the Jimmy John's commercials. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, but it, it, so he's like, it's oh, Tim. Oh. My name is Rasputin. Yeah. You know, you know, Everybody honestly, bomb, wait, you know, I'm going to amend this. I think Rasputin was the David Blaine of Russian 1900s. So he was just like, <laughs> he was just, he's just like, I hear you have hemophilia. No, you do not. Do you see this? Do you see the stout? Do you see him bleeding out? Now he's gone. Turn around. He has scab now. Look, yeah. look, he has scab now. Well, the I read this in an article about um, about the Leo DiCaprio group. Apparently, David Blaine was like getting the most chicks of anybody in that group, even more than Leo for a while, because you could do all these magic tricks. And then he got kicked out because Leo didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and Leo was like, "Yeah, I'm not good with that." So, I mean, I'm just thinking, like he Dude. he seemed like a charlatan. He seemed like a guy who was really smooth with people. He sees Brad Garrett. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> like, I have this idea that, he, that he's just yeah. this, like, ah, how right. Oh, let me hear you. Right. So I now I'm just imagining. Accent was. I'm trying like, to imagine ah, if, like. You know what I'm talking about. Let, let's just go back. Let's, let's take this analogy all the way. It's 2001, okay? Tragedy strikes America. We decide to go into war. George Bush says, I got to go to Iraq. I got to lead these Why couldn't people. we have started this at, I have to go to Iraq? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to set the stage. <laughs> There's no stage. We're all American. We know. Even we have international knows. listeners. Yes, they know what happened. Okay. George Bush goes to Iraq and he goes, David Blaine, you have to run this country while David I'm going. Blaine. I can't do David? <laughs> You've got to lead this country while I'm away. It's the easiest job I've had since the Rangers. <laughs> Not a good Bush, but who cares? <laughs> who cares? We've had a few. And then things go so bad in the brief years that he's running it that that they murder David Blaine and someone cuts his dick off and puts it in a museum. Can you? I'm sorry, but can you just imagine <laughs> David Blaine's State of the Union for a second? Can we just think about that? It would be like, and we talk about the national debt. What national debt? <laughs> There's just like a pit of money that disappears. CNN, CNBC has it across going. Interim President Blaine makes national debt disappear. Or he does something like, I'm going to hold my breath for 25 minutes. And in those 25 minutes, there will be no more student loans. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie Sanders is there. Well, I gotta see this. I gotta say, interim president Blaine. Here I am once again asking you. <laughs> right? Somebody did. I saw somewhere where somebody, I think it might be like McSweeney's, but they wrote yeah. they wrote letters about their family members. Two other family members yeah. in the style of like the politicians asking for support. It's so funny. I'm asking you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we really leave Aunt Karen out? Everyone knows that her potatoes in all caps are the best. I would have loved to have like if let's just say Rasputin and Russia was happening now. 
the attack ads against Rasputin <laughs> would be so epic. And then uh, his response to those attack ads would probably be even better, yeah. You know, Rasputin, he waved hand and make thing go goodbye. But me, I attack problem head on. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it would That's be That's like, why I should be prime minister. Emperor Nicholas is away. And he thinks that Rasputin can just play with his wife. Boom. And then there's just like all these like black and white photos of them walking out of the palace. Rasputin like pulling rats out of his beard. Right. If you care about Mother Russia, Rasputin has to go. Rasputin? More like Rasputin. Am I right? I'm Vladimir Guerrero, and I approve this message. Oh, my God! He's moved to Russia? Why is Vladimir Guerrero... Get out of here. You will not sully Vladimir Guerrero's... You leave Vladdy out of this. He's a good man. Once again, we've... With a good son. We have gone way off the rails, but... Point being, it's a good beer. You should have it. I'm ready to give it a very high rating. Okay. I want to go first. I'd love to see it. I'm going to give this a 4.25 out of 5 toms. I think it's fantastic. I really like it. I know that if I had a lot more of these, I would probably be speaking Russian by the end of the night, but one is good for now, and I'm happy with it. I'll take that as well, and you read my mind. I thought briefly about giving a 4.5, but I realized Rasputin's not actually that big. So 4.25. Oh, I see. Is exactly where I landed. Yeah. I think a really phenomenal beer. Uh, well done by North Coast. Take care when you have it. 9% is a lot. And um, yeah. read up on Rasputin. Yeah, in case you didn't get enough of the Rasputin story I can't believe today. someone bought his penis. Like, you have yeah. to know that's not it. I don't want to say too much else, but I, it doesn't seem believable from what we've seen. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna turn this into a literal demeasuring contest. No, no, no. I wasn't saying that, but oh, oh, I thought you were because I listen. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I did a deep dive. <laughs> oh, yeah, and not as deep as I hope. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope you guys try this beer, and I also hope that you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple, Spotify, or whatever is available in Russia, if you happen to live there. Yeah. And we didn't do Russia dirty. No, no. We, we didn't. We just talked about historical events. Amen. That occurred in the country. Uh, but until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers, where we have clear eyes, full cans must booze oh look at me i'm tom i said that i couldn't do a russian i saved it for the i saved it for the very end i've had way too many Uh, my bac is off the charts